0: This is Big Man Tyrone, and you're about to watch the MTG Cabalcast with your
1: hosts Wode, Thirsty, and Raptor. Sub to us on all your podcast networks at MTG Cabalcast and YouTube. Alrighty, guys, welcome to the newest episode of the Cabalcast. This one is going to be another wonderful doom and gloom episode. How horrible and horrifying! is double feature for vendors. Pun, because scary movies. True. Anyways, let's get it going.
0: Um, I
1: think this might represent one of the first times
0: as a large vendor, I just don't give a shit. <laughs> at all. Um, something we're going to key in uh, a lot in this episode is that the while the verbiage about surrounding the set has been standardized using the word... Or the words combined cards mm-hmm. the expectation was a curated list instead we're just getting the smash burger of sets and it's both midnight hunt and crimson vow smashed together and the cards are numbered but not out of set so we're seeing what is it 530 something cards in this
1: set it's almost like mystery boosters it's dumb i i so i i The only reason I care is because this feels to me like Chronicles Light. Okay. It feels, although Chronicles was a curated list, uh, this is like, hey, here's this cool alternate version of this product that everybody knew was coming that contained both of the last two sets we released that didn't really sell too well. And by the way, we're not giving you, but tell your players they can get it on Amazon if they want it. So here's Double Feature. Yep. Also, fun fact, Double Feature is pretty highly allocated. Uh, or pretty like sorry. When I say highly allocated, I don't mean there's a lot of allocation. I mean it's very tightly like specific allocation on stuff, and okay. it's like, bruh, come on guys.
0: Yeah, I th- as an LGS, I think I feel differently than a vendor. But as a large vendor, like there needs to it's... be draw for this product. It's primarily been marketed as a draft product and cool you get the black and white treatment on your cards but if I don't know what the demand's going to be I'm not going to order it like a regular set and I literally just ordered two sets from you for standard Mm -hmm. I don't know with Kamigawa coming up after this right that's the next set I don't know how much I'm willing to spend on a product like this or if I'm just going to let my buy list bring it in
1: For me this is something that i would honestly like it we're in the we're we're in the million variation stage right we got our showcase versions in crimson Vow and in midnight hunt Mm -hmm. and now we have another variation of a set that is literally just variations of those cards it's a variation set in a variation era to me that makes it kind of unique so i would almost be the opposite of you i would almost over pursue this product thinking that all right well if we still have supply shortages which we do If we're still struggling to get crimson vow in and midnight hunt maybe this is another one of those products that like as a large vendor I would target in a speculative manner as an LGS not so much obviously because Wizards is already just like not taking me out to dinner and bending me over so why would I waste more money on something that may just not sell because like you said it's marketed as a draft product Drafts aren't really firing, nope. at least here. Uh, they're not over drafts here either. Drafts aren't firing at the LGS. No no LGS that I know
0: that uh, uh, was holding, holding drafts for Midnight Hunt were firing towards the end of the life cycle of that product. Yeah,
1: uh, it just didn't happen.
0: I'm going to ask you a question, and don't cheat, because I know we've been sharing these links back and forth. How long do you think it is between Double Feature and Kamigawa uh, Neon Dynasty?
1: So I, we had... A month and a half between Crimson Vow and Midnight Hunt. Yep. And we got a month and a half between Midnight Hunt and Double Feature. So it's got to be three months, right?
0: 18 days. Or Are you fucking kidding? 20 days. Nope. January 28th for Crimson Vow. February 18th for Kamigawa.
1: Jesus fuck. I All right, don't, guys, whatever.
0: I don't <laughs> have money as a vendor to allocate to address that. set yeah. like this. I can buy it afterwards. Or... If
1: it's if it's available, not on Amazon. Yeah,
0: or let my buy list crank and bring stuff in if there's demand for that. How I'll find out is by reading social media and see what people are talking about. Like, just tech, check what people are playing on live streams, you know. Yeah,
1: and I, I have a feeling it's going to be a lot of Kamigawa 2 electric cyberpunk boogaloo.
0: Yeah, I'd move in on that. Based on what I've seen from Midnight Hunt and Crimson Vow, and, you know, while are tight heading into holiday season, so there, a lot of this data is kind of obfuscated by that. I don't know how much of this product I would bring in. When I say I don't want to touch it as vendor, I don't mean I would buy. I wouldn't buy literally yeah, any of it. Yeah. Right? I'm going to bring in some amount of it to crack, but I'm not going to treat it like a regular set. And I probably wouldn't treat it like uh, one of the yearly commander sets, where you just buy yeah. and bust, right? Like, or and sell some sealed. I'd probably bring it in actually just for that.
1: Hold yeah, I, I will say I think it's a good singles opportunity. Uh, I can't recall what wholesale on it is. I want to say it's more than a normal draft booster set. Hmm. Um, but if, if that's the case, it may like that does change the buy and bust equation, right? Yeah. Because absolutely. there's a certain wholesale value that makes it worth it. And if it's more than the, you know, $74 or whatever,
0: it is for, it probably is for not, for not yeah. worth it as much. Nope. Yeah. Yeah. I, this might be a set where my ratio of, um, holds to bust is yeah a lot different than it usually would be because,
1: you know, I don't want It's a wanna... 500 cart set.
0: Yeah, exactly. And I'm not going to fill all my holes. You know, I'm not going to. If I put up a Mythic non foil for pre order and somebody buys X4, my pack crack math is insane. And I just don't think I want to touch yeah. that, especially now. Coming into this, when I hear, um, but I've not curated, that's just the word I've been floating around, I've combined set as a vendor. I probably still don't think curated, but I might be a little leery of what's going to be in there because it's curated and you don't know how is going to curate in the first place. So I'm probably not going to be buying a ton anyway as a vendor. And my idea is I'm probably not going to be cracking a ton of this to pre order 4X of uh, the new Time Walk spell that was in Crimson Vow or Sorin yeah. the Mirthless, you know. The, the new Olivia. I'm not going to be doing that. I'm going to let Crimson Vow take care of it, and my buy list can pick up the rest, and I think that's really what I'm going to do. Anything else that I'll pick up will just be sealed for people to buy out from from me. I like, uh, I've, I would not be hands-off, but I would throw my hands up when I yeah. read. It's 500 and some odd cards. I'm just like, well, fuck yeah, I, this, that's man. That's just absurd. Yeah. I, yeah,
1: it's and it, it, it feels like, alright, we're gonna it feels like they felt like there was a hole in their release cycle and they wanted to throw something else in. So they just remastered the last two sets because we already have the art assets and playtesting done. So we can just rehash this and not have to design a brand new set for it. Yep. And that feels a lot like, you know, I'll I'll make an analog, um, to video games. So anyone that pays attention to final fantasy series knows that final fantasy 13 was like a seven game series. There was an interview that the art director did and he basically said look our art budget for this game was huge we had so many assets we could have made multiple games so we did it literally sounds like when they were brainstorming releases they were like let's just make this traditional generic fantasy horror set and milk it for all we can oh yeah and make three releases out of it it's just like we have all these assets we invested all this money Let's get as much return out of this as we can. And it feels kind of like almost a test run with the release cycle.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: We're going to split the setup in two and release them a month and a half apart. Yep. And we'll dip our toes in and see how our player base does. And if they respond well, we can do that again in the future. Mm-hmm. We can start doing it every year. Then we can start doing it twice a year to just kind of upcycle. Yeah, it kind of also cycle. brings
0: back-the-block feel yeah. of uh, combining these two sets, stretching one set into two, and then creating a, another exper- a, another curated uh, quote-unquote experience off of that. The other yeah. thing that I think is interesting is, you know, we talked about Crimson Vow a lot over the last couple of episodes, and it's difficult to dredge up a lot of the interview around that like from a year, a year and a half ago when it was released uh, initially, and mentioned that It was going to be a supplemental set now what we don't know is if double feature was actually meant to play into that initial idea of one of these is a standard set one of them is supplemental we and we don't we didn't know if it was going to be supplemental draft like an actual master set or if it's going to be supplemental like some kind of commander or at least like a commander of legends right which is still a draft yeah. format, but bear with me, and then tie the room together in double feature to lean into what you were talking about, but then also bring in this draft experience where you get, like, a set and a half's worth of cards that all actually play well together instead of just a lot of the the air that's in both of these sets to bolster a draft environment. But that, that's like it, a, a fly-on-the-wall kind of thing.
1: Well, yeah, and it doesn't feel like this was a draft set. If this was a draft set, you know, you wouldn't have it divided the way it is, like this this is two sets with two different draft themes yeah. in the draft format that you're just making into one it feels like a less good version of shards block draft because shards block draft had absurd mana fixing at the very least mm-hmm. and it was just bomb 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 and crimson vow midnight hunt is not
0: no uh, it it's weird to think about midnight hunt Didn't doesn't think thinking back on the events that I've played doesn't seem to want to play forward into crimson vow But there are aspects of crimson vow that want to play backwards into midnight hunt But a lot of that has to do with synergies for card types that don't exist in crimson vow Like leaning on your werewolves and humans more that was midnight hunt and some of the the zombie stuff That's there that plays together But your vampire stuff is all in crimson vow and midnight hunt doesn't play forward into that So Mm -hmm. it seems really weird to try and bring together and create a cohesive draft environment I mentioned Mystery Boosters up front, just in terms of set size, but at least Mystery Booster they were up front with and like, fuck all. Whatever happens,
1: happens, right? Yeah. And they, they chaos just straight up here. said, it's a chaos draft yeah. format. Have fun. Exactly. Whereas, double feature is literally like, hey, we're going to try to, you know, milk that Christmas money up for all we can. Yep. And uh, right into a 20 day later set release, yeah. which is just absurd to me. I think I,
0: a- I was present for three or four release events in a row this weekend uh between playing and judging and if memory serves i don't remember seeing any two color deck in any event it was all the lightest or the closest you would have gotten would have been two colors splashing a third for a bomb or a piece of removal and you're doing that off of a basic or two I didn't see any pure two-color decks. It just didn't seem to happen. It doesn't seem like Crimson Vow really supports that in the sealed environment. Draft might be different. I haven't experienced that yet. But it is difficult for me to imagine these two sets coming together and really fleshing that out and creating a two-color draft environment when you have little fixing across both sets. And sets that played fairly well as three-color like DAX. Draft. And sealed. Yeah, and draft, yeah.
1: yeah. Like, or sealed format, yeah. No, and I, I think it's, you know, it speaks to, again, the just overall product design of what they've been going for. Yep. That's just, we want to get it out quick, fast, and in a hurry. And we're going to do our market testing with people that may or may not actually be our market, because maybe they play Magic, maybe, maybe. they don't. Uh, they're certainly not an LGS owner, I can tell you that much. Yeah. Uh, but it's it seems to me like it's one of those products that, as a larger vendor, or you know, kind of even as a backpacker, I'm probably gonna pick up a case of this myself and just sit on it, because I don't think it's ever worth less. Because it's like so, I don't mean, think we run yeah. into the you know gate crash, fiasco or dragon's maze where we're just sitting on this shit forever. Nope. But. I mean, as an LGS, I would be wary of this product because, like you said, like Cyberpunk Boogaloo is right around the corner after that. You can't pass that up because that's like, one, a new standard set with actual new cards Mm -hmm. rather than rehashes of old ones. And it's a new draft environment, which come January, February, attendance on events starts to pick up again. Mm people are going to want to draft the new set. They're going to want to be in on the new product, the new standard, because there's going to be cards in it for modern. There's probably maybe one or two cards that make their way into legacy. And God forbid we get a JIT reprint. Yeah. Not going to happen. Just let's, let's do that now. Uh, I think we get a splinter twin reprint before we get a JIT reprint. But I, I think that, you know, it's, it feels like, if the LGS doesn't get it, it's fine. We'll have it on Amazon. Yeah, the product.
0: Yeah, if you want, like, I, I understand that too because these sets being twenty days apart in terms of release, you would have been pulled around the same time for these, right? Mm-hmm. For Double Feature versus yeah Kamigawa, and that means you're pretty much going to push your chips into Kamigawa over Double Feature, maybe picking up a little bit of Double Feature just to have. But now knowing that as an LGS, Midnight Hunt drafts started to taper, maybe to nothing. If Crimson Vow drafts don't hit, what do you do? What can you do in that instance? You are you're locked into your order for double feature, right?
1: Yeah, I I mean you can always pick up less, but when you pick up less than the distro, like you know, especially lately, like full disclosure, uh, our rapid distros has been like trying to pull extra product for us from other shops that don't pick up all their product Mm -hmm. because it's so hard to get product right now. And the thing is when those shops don't pick it up, they typically may not get another allocation after that. So it's, you're almost beholden to like, all right, I guess I've got to get some amount of this product because I can't just like, I can't pass on it. It's just like as a, as a backpacker buying, right? Would you ever turn down a collection? Would you ever just like someone local be like, no, I'm not interested. No, you just shoot a low number because the second you say no to that, all of a sudden business starts drying up. Yeah. Yeah. It's the same thing. And it's, it feels really bad because it's almost something I've noticed over the last year is the supplemental products like double feature are more tightly allocated and their allocation is less contingent on your standard product and what you get and more contingent at least in terms of what the distro is willing to work with you on outside of your direct allocation it's more contingent on your other supplemental product pickups so as an LGS now I'm worried if I don't pick up double feature I may not be able to get extra whatever master set comes out that may hit me there because I didn't pick up half of my allocation of double feature. They're like, hey, look, it's really tightly allocated and these guys picked up extra last time. So this extra bit that we were able to allocate you on every set before is going to them instead. Got it. And that's one of those behind the scenes LGS things that I think a lot of people don't necessarily know goes on Mm -hmm. is like, you have your allocation, sure. And say I'm allocated 18 boxes and that's all I'm supposed to get. Well, my rep's going to go around to his other accounts and be like, hey, are you picking up everything? Because I've got another store that wants six extra boxes. They want to get to 24. Okay, you're not going to pick everything up? I'm going to put it on their account then. Thanks. Appreciate you. Mm-hmm. Well, now next time, I may be short extra boxes.
0: Got it. Yeah, that, that, that's interesting to think about that future distro can be beholden to something like this because then at that point you're If this product just doesn't do well, you're damned if you do and damned if you don't. Damned if you don't, yeah. yeah. Because it might just sit on the shelves and rot.
1: And it's, you know, the distro will buy it back, but they won't buy it back at what you paid. Oh, absolutely. Uh It'll be, you know, a percentage less, obviously, because they've still got to make money on it.
0: Yep. Uh, This is, this debacle of the combined sets at 100% was probably Mm -hmm. short of, uh, maybe some games workshop stuff which seems to never end the most <laughs> yeah. obnoxious thing going God. on for uh, my LGS management this past weekend I was finding
1: that out it was... three years of dealing with that bullshit at least at this point, it's ridiculous yeah,
0: talking about the Visera Seer on Friday night and the second one on Saturday was a yeah. breath of fresh air for those guys compared to yeah. the double feature <laughs> announcement and like trying to figure out what they were going to do with Crimson Vow turnout was fine Comparatively speaking to other pre-releases, it was the same or better, but their concern is the draft moving forward. Um, They got their allocation, what they needed for that weekend. This weekend represents allocation for uh, box busting, so people who want to come in and buy product can actually now buy boxes. They were maybe a little overstocked from pre-release, so they had enough for prizes, and... That's good as a judge, I couldn't get paid out in boxes. I had pre release kits as an option, which for me is the same thing. I just took the same amount of product yeah, and kits. That's fine. Yeah. Um, yeah, I was perfectly happy with that because it was an easier option for them. I don't care either yeah. way, I'm there to for community, I'm not there to pack bust. Um, yeah, exactly. So they're allocated really tightly the first time around that first shipment wave, the second one kind of opens it up for the average, you know, patron but if sales are middling to low on this and the draft is again middling to low now they're going to be stuck with double feature until the end of fucking time maybe running some stuff out of cycle you know, in the summer when the product disappears and things get slow um, and, you know, patronage is just down because this is not you know, people here go elsewhere for vacation people that come in don't want to usually play Magic so maybe they'll drum up some interest over the summer by bringing back an Estrada like that and use the double feature because that it's would, both sets. Yeah. 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 And a unique yeah. product. Like people who were doing the Mystery Boosters drafts a couple months ago. It seemed like every store in the general New England area was doing uh,
1: convention There was a month here where it was the same thing. Yeah. It was, yeah, convention edition, Mystery Booster draft. Yeah. And you know what? It works as like gimmick's a bad word for it, but as a gimmick it's good
0: yeah absolutely and I think at the end of the day it's like this product is interesting it sets a trend for a number of things never again trust the word combined when they're talking about sets yeah Yeah. You know, that is a a good and a bad trend to set here and uh, this is another one of those instances where it's like the same thing between vendors and distra and uh, the LGS Yep. where it's just like You got to get what you get now and now that i know this for future allocation but you might not be buying overstock like you normally would for a number of reasons different reasons between both and it's kind of interesting when these worlds align when we talk about stuff like this where it's just like if nobody's interested in it who the fuck is interested in it like maybe amazon allocation was the correct way to go on this yeah maybe because then it goes directly to the people who care about it. Like, let Amazon sit on it, let it rot on their shelves. Yeah.
1: Fuck the LGS, most importantly.
0: Yeah, exactly. At the end of the day, I'm not bitter. At the end of the day, fuck the <laughs> LGS. God.
1: The worst. All right. It's
0: right. fun. Uh, pick time. Yes. All right. You went first last time, so I'll go first this time. Go for it. I'm picking another green card. <laughs> Cause Shocker. Because yeah, that's what I do. That's this is this is how I roll now. All green, yeah. all the time, except for that time I picked Sanguine Bond last week.
1: Yeah, That's sure. It it has to do with life, which is a green thing. It's true, but it's I am chase.
0: I'm not picking an EDH card this week. We're straying. We're straying. Right? Are you okay? It, yeah, it's not the new okay. time. It's not the new time war for standard. It's nothing from standard. I'll give you one guess at the primary format for this card.
1: It's green. Yes, and it's not an EDH card. It's got to be modern.
0: Exactly. You want, to, you want to go one deeper?
1: Jund modern? It could be there. Okay, alright. You want to try and pick Let's, the card? What, oh, oh, man, this is...
0: It costs three. Colorless double green.
1: Colorless double green? Well, it's not Thrun. Because no. he's, he's Two four. Two double green. Yeah. Oh, I have no idea. Endurance. Oh, yeah. Endurance, oh, right? Uh, How could I miss that? Yeah,
0: I've been watching Endurance for a while. I, I never thought this would be an EDH card. I thought this was going to be an easy constructed call. It just took a little longer to get here than I thought we would. Um, and I'm actually really glad we were able to get in front of it. It gave me some time to, to watch. So this is added to my list at the beginning of October, which is well after the elemental craze, but right before a lot of other odds and ends kind of pick up in modern. Um, Esper Reanimator crops up with Archon of... Cruelty, and we get the Crash Gade deck kind of uh, continuing to steamroll, and the modern format shifts a little bit. So, back in October, CK is buying 152 at $20. They're now buying 143 less by just a little, just a hair, for 26 30% more. And if, Pretty good. and I brought the stocks graph up for a really long time. I didn't mouse over it, but I hope everybody saw that nice rope from July through November, flat. This card's been flat on the, on the market space, 30% up on buy list, though, All right? This is exactly, that's why we're looking at this. So I, I said, not an EDH card inherently, there are better, cheaper, and less color restrictive options. However, it does see a bit of play. And like, Bajookabog, Relic of Progenitus, uh, Tormod Crypt, uh, ways to recur, you know, you can just stay artifactual and get the same effect, if not better. So, this is a pick based on constructed playability and how pervasive it has become across both Modern and Legacy. So, Endurance is a premier threat and answer in Modern. Currently, the 12th most-played card within the format within the last month. It's a multifaceted card that plays across a large number of strategies like Elementals, teamer Cascade, effectively called Crash Gade, and Living End-style decks. Again, both as a threat and an answer. So, this is, you know... We call them two-way players in the NHL. Offense, defense, sometimes you get a little bit in the NFL too, but that's a lot more brutal, right? Yeah. Threat and answer in one card. It is top tier for this. So... We're looking at a card that's basically taken over Modern the last couple months, but stayed flat. My timeline on this is pretty short. So recording this ahead of MTG Las Vegas, we're recording this literally the Thursday before Vegas. And I expect after the event, the card will continue to rise like Solitude did before it, right? That's the white one. Yep. Um, and as the market price is held relatively steady but buy price is rising, I would expect to be able to sell this to buyless for a profit almost immediately but see a decent return in three to six months when supply dries. Right now, you can arbitrage this to CK for credit, and I believe that's for every version. I'm only looking at set non-foil, but I believe this works for all of them. And uh, the other thing that's kind of good to call out, again, is We're heading towards end of life for Modern Horizons 2 product, and I expect a number of cards like this to begin to increase, and this is one I want to be ahead of. Uh, Something to think about is a shift in the Modern format, but I don't really think that's going to pull the rug out from under the spec as this is a lasting, long-term card. It's not just a here and gone. This goes into every strategy that plays green. It's like Force of Vigor before it and Collector Oof as well
1: pretty good. Um I I think it is worth noting uh it will be hot listed this weekend at 95 for I believe 27. uh relevant yep. because TCG low right now is like 30. Yep. So if there are if there is a buy list that is already at 10% below low that isn't Card Kingdom trend is obviously coming that this card is going to go up yep so
0: yeah i'm looking at seek at a tcg player right now and there are a number of copies on page one maybe actually going on to page two that you could arbitrage to ck for credit yeah straight up Uh, absurd yeah and you wouldn't touch the quantity they're looking to buy yeah what's up little bud no
1: all right it's it's nap time evidently
0: (laughs) Well, yeah we're doing the podcast of course you got to show up
1: (laughs) yeah right no, I, I think this is great. And I think it's, you know, it, of the cards in Modern Horizon, I think this entire cycle is just a good investment yeah. because they're all very good at what they do. Yes. They do what they do in their color. They're efficient, and they are all two-way players. You know, Grief, Solitude, Endurance are obviously the three big ones. I am super high on Fury. Mm-hmm. Subtlety is so-so. Yeah. But I this, this entire cycle, and especially Endurance, because it has playability in modern it has utility and legacy it has utility and vintage and solitude has that too but not as much as endurance does yep. uh and that's why i think this is you know good call out timeline is incredibly short on this one but it you know it's one of those where i'm i don't feel bad if i miss the timeline it just means the timeline happens again in a year yeah yep. or something where like all right i guess i have to wait another three months Oh no. Yeah. I, I, and then eat by less profitable.
0: Yeah. And I don't see this kind of coming back in Modern Horizons 3. It's not like it's an overpowering thing, but to kind of re up on this, like they did the ley lines, where they, yep. and they only even re upped on three of them. They created two new ones, I think. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like, I, I don't think we'll see it in Modern Horizons 3. And I don't even think when we go back to Lauren, we'd see these. I think these are too overpowering for standard yeah. and rehashing them for the next. Modern dedicated set does not seem to be the ammo of what they're trying to do right now.
1: So no. th- if, if anything, they'll do like two or three of them, like you said, and then make new ones for the other colors. But that feels bad for a cycle that was intended for Modern because then there's only two new creatures in the cycle. Yep. So, yep. Yeah.
0: man it looked like you are sticking with Modern.
1: I am also sticking with Modern and also sticking with the same deck, kind of, Junt. Uh, my pick is Black, Juned uh my pick is Blackleaf cliffs did you know there's only two versions of this card i did not know that at the start I did not know that until before the episode yep. right it's wild as many millions of versions of cards as there are this one only has two i'm picking the scars of mirrored in one uh if you look at the stocks graph we are in the middle of a drop in price which is important uh if you look at the price history of this card so we have a surge in price and every time we get a surge in price it crashes back down to earth cool good i'm glad we had the reprint in our return to zendikar 3 yes and the price still went up after that because zoomer jund or whatever it's called with
0: ragavan and
1: and renin six started doing good again and then all of a sudden we're in a valley well what's going to happen well, Paper Magic's going to come back. That deck is still going to be good. And we're probably going to hit another spike where we get up to the $30 to $40 range. It's incredibly relevant because this card is not just a Junk card. It is also a red-black aggro card, which has been showing up a lot more in modern cycle and modern events as well. Yep. With Kroxa, everything else, it's just a really good aggro-centric. And it got some new tools in Crimson Vow. Uh, that it can just do really good things timeline wise probably looking at about six to nine months honestly i don't expect it to be that long okay compared to what it was most importantly with this card specifically with the scars of mirrodin fastlands, they are plain specific yes black is an area specific to mirrodin dark slick is a material specific to mirrodin sea yep, chrome Razor Verge all that stuff it is all specific copper periodic.
0: line yeah the other
1: one Yeah copper line sorry so the the reprint equity is pretty low here it has to be like a masterpiece like the Zendikar Rising Expeditions were or it has to be in a master set mm-hmm. I don't think we get this in a standard set we may get it in like a modern supplemental yep. but that's not until next fall anyways so come summertime once i would expect we get events back in full swing this card shoots back up to 40 bucks that's when you can out it profitably especially right now sitting with a low of around 25 dollars. which again importantly uh 95's buy list on this card is i believe 22 currently so it's another instance of okay this could actually be like this trend could happen sooner than then but i'm expecting like six months would be when i'd expect a profitable buy list here
0: yeah i, I think that's a, a good timeline for it that puts us squarely uh, in this i was thinking about that but when you first said six to nine months i'm like that puts us in the summer which is traditionally modern time that's when uh C, yep. cfb and scg expected to travel to some other events and i think that's a, a good timeline for that good call out there uh the other deck that keeps floating this through and how relevant is i don't know is um asmo decks in modern where they're trying to do food asmo things. food is fun yeah uh, like, that deck's good. Like, people keep working on it, and it just seems like they can't quite get it. Um, a lot of the, the podcasts that I listen to that are modern-centric just came to, uh, seem to, to note that. It's just like, it, it seems like it's there. It seems like all the pieces are there, but people haven't figured out which pieces complete the puzzle yet. Yeah. And if that happens, this is another one of those cards that I would expect to see in the deck again, and so that puts a little more pressure on it. You know, yeah. Uh, like, again, with the reprint equity... We know where we're going uh, up, yeah. through the, up through the beginning of 2023, and unless universes beyond Lord of the Rings or Warhammer <laughs> is back on Mirrodin or for whatever reason the Brothers War takes place on Mirrodin, then I don't think we're going to see this, this come back into 2023. Yeah. And there's not even an actual, aside from Double Masters 2022, there's not an actual Master set listed for... 2022, yep. according to the setlist that I'm looking at.
1: Yeah, it may be like Double Masters and Jumpstart, but those are Q3, Q4, yep. which still puts you squarely in that summer timeline.
0: Exactly, and it the yeah, you know, the the sun keeps shining. Yeah. Still hey to make a the the five out. suns. Oh yeah, keep the five shining. sun immunes. Thanks, Karn. Yeah. What a bro. Yeah.
1: He is cool. Karn with pants, please.
0: What, what were they talking about? Not Karn with pants. Karn with loincloth, but nobody could actually find the yep. definition of a loincloth to figure out. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's just Vintage uh, Retish Redraft things.
1: <laughs> yep. Just VRD things.
0: Uh, but that's going to be it for this week, I believe, right? You know, we can only complain about Innistrad Double Feature for so long before we get tired.
1: Yeah. I, I can keep going, but I... <laughs> My wife will kill me if I get too loud. That's, so you know, <laughs> that's fair. She's sleeping. Uh, so <laughs> just like the
0: cat. Oh, uh we are at MPG Cabalcast. You can find us on Twitter, Patreon, YouTube, and Facebook. Uh, the podcast that you are listening to, or the video you're watching, can be found on YouTube, Spotify, Stitcher, Audible, uh, Google Podcast, Apple Podcast. I am at Halftime Reptar on Twitter. You are. I am here. at Thirsty Sizzler. And we'll see you next week.